And we're uh, continuing our series today through Colossians. We're at Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. Uh, last week, we saw Paul really go into the supremacy of Jesus and how Jesus meets our, our every need, our deepest longings. And at the end of the passage, he refers to himself as someone that was ordained to be a minister of this message about Jesus. And so today he's going to do a little description of what this ministry actually looks like. So we start off at verse 24, we'll go to verse 29. It reads this way, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me, for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. End of reading. So there's a, there's a few little notes that we can pick up on here that Paul sort of uses to describe his work as a minister. This is certainly not an exhaustive list, uh, especially <laughs> if you go to seminary, you'll find out that the list is extremely uh, uh, full and uh, you will find that a pastor's job description, a minister's job description, in some senses uh, is, is never-ending, uh, but, uh, but Paul really talks about three areas that uh, his ministry uh, involves all the time. And the first thing he says is that as a minister, he's always suffering for the sake of the body. Now, uh, I do not in any way want to imply that that is the case for every minister or that everybody who's in ministry is always suffering. That's not, I think, what Paul is implying either. Uh, but nonetheless, what Paul is saying is one of the ways in which God makes it possible for Paul to minister so effectively is through his sufferings. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, there's a section in there in verses 23 through 29 where Paul sort of recounts all the ways he's suffered in his ministry. And he says this, uh, he's sort of comparing himself to people that were attacking his ministry, and he says, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman, because he knows he shouldn't say that he's a better anything, but he's making a point here. He says, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, lest one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? <laughs> Paul just lays it out in that passage. But his point in laying out all this suffering 
throughout his ministry. Remember, there's another section where he talks about being inflicted with a thorn in his flesh. This whole reason for talking about this stuff is because God has used his sufferings mightily for the sake of his kingdom and for the sake of his body, the church. After all, it was through imprisonment, a form of suffering, that Paul was able to eventually preach the gospel to the leadership in Rome. So, as a minister, as a servant of the king and of his people and of his world, uh, your sufferings may be um, the most honest and realistic way people see the reality of your Lord shine through. I'm just waiting on the siren to pass. This is a frequent issue in New York City, by the way. Anyhow, the ability to make it through difficulty and tragedy and challenges, not unscathed or unquestioning, but nevertheless trusting in your crucified and risen Savior, is, I think, a powerful testimony to the world of the, the dead and risen life in Christ. And so Paul is basically making that point here, is that as a minister, suffering comes with it, and we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't pretend that it won't be. It's part of it. As a matter of fact, God will use it for his glory and for his kingdom's sake. Secondly, he, he uses the word stewardship to describe his ministry. And I think it's just a good reminder, very important, especially as we live in the day where we see so many ministries named after uh, individual men, which, by the way, is not always wrong or bad, so I'm not, I'm not making a blanket statement, but it is just a fact that there's so many ministries that are named after a person, uh, and the reality is, Paul says, no, 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 what it is, ministry is ultimately not about me, I'm just a steward. That is, ministry is something never owned by the minister, but merely something given to them to oversee. Perhaps the owner, God has graciously allowed you to minister in some way. Maybe it's teaching children's church at your church, or maybe it's uh, having a leadership role over a specific ministry, or any number of areas. But ultimately, we always have to remember, as Paul does here, that this is not ours. This is a stewardship. And I think especially for pastors, because we spend so much time thinking about our ministry, thinking about what we've been called to do, that this can be a struggle for us. We can struggle with seeing our role as merely a steward. But when we do, then we're freed up from the illusion of thinking that it's up to us to fix the church or to empower the church or to ultimately lead the church. No, that's God's work. We are just responsible for being good stewards of it. So, so that is uh, the, the second thing. And then the third thing he says that a, that a minister does is he makes the word of God fully known. And that's the thing he says in verse 25. And, and what are the elements of making the word of God fully known? Well, Paul says um, you make the word of God fully known by revealing Christ to everyone. He goes into there to say that uh, he says that, that part of his job description was making it known to the Gentiles the mystery of this gospel of Jesus Christ. He also mentions warning people. So even as we proclaim good news as ministers, we also are called 
sometimes in a very difficult way to warn people if they're heading down a path that's destructive to them or to their neighbor or to somebody else that uh, that is around them and so part of our task is to do that as servants of them it's uh, it's not an unloving thing to warn people if they're heading into oncoming traffic and so sometimes that's part of the minister's job description and we see Paul doing that frequently in his ministry uh, a third thing that it, a third aspect of teaching the word is um, making sure that people ultimately see that you as a minister are depending on the strength of Christ to point people to Christ in the way Paul says it here for this I toil struggling with all his energy, his energy, that he powerfully works within me. So, so really, though, and the, and the goal, he says in all this, is to present everyone under him mature in Christ. So, wrapping it up, short devotion today, a minister's job can have all sorts of aspects to it. And ministry is not just pastoral ministry, but uh, any sort of service to God's people. But these three elements are really important. Uh, to, to be willing to suffer for those you serve, to see yourself as merely a steward over the ministry that you've been uh, entrusted with, and then thirdly, making sure that the Word of God is permeating everything that's done in that ministry. Thank you.